So, I hope we don't have too much of a hangover from the Wildcats' amazing run ending last night. But man, what a if if you were uh, if you were part of that experience, what a great run the K-State basketball team has had this year. Yeah, that's right, Elite Eight and great run. I mean, it's just so close to making the Final Four, and I was inspired by that. In a lot of ways, um, I think, you know, a lot of times there's stuff going on in the world that if you have eyes to see, there are kingdom lessons going on. And with this, it didn't take too much. I mean, because Coach Tang is, is a believer, and one of, his, one of his mantras is crazy faith. And talking about just having a crazy faith in, in, the, in the impossible, and which fits right in with our whole impossible life theme that we're on this year. And... I was just thinking about that, and really, it, it dovetailed with what we were, what just really felt led to talk about this morning, which is crazy confidence. There's something about confidence that, if you look like at sports and life, the more there's an overflow between how confident someone is and how much they win. I mean, mostly, most of the time, whichever team is more confident, not overconfident, not proud, but like a healthy confidence. Whatever team is more confident is much more likely to win. And you see that played out over and over and over again. And we, um, <coughs> that, that was, you know, very much exemplified by this, this team that was picked to finish last in the Big 12 and ended up just kept winning and winning and just having this air of like, hey, we can do it. And there's, that is something that is just a picture and a, a glimmer of the kind of confidence that God wants us to live with. And when I talk about confidence, I'm not talking about like bravado or volume or even just the appearance of confidence because sometimes the people who appear the most confident may be the most insecure, actually. So we're not talking about faking it or you know, an external thing, but we're talking about having a well on the inside of us that comes from God, that causes us to know who he is, that comes from knowing who he is, that leads us to knowing who we are, and that propels us to live life with, with, a, with a dynamic level of confidence. So does that sound good? Does anyone else want that besides me this morning? Okay, let's make sure we're in the right place here. Um, that confidence matters. You know, confidence matters. And I know in my, in my own glorious sports career, not so glorious, really. But there were a couple times where I, I had that experience of what they call being in the zone, where you just, there was a different level of like knowing, like, I can score whenever I get the ball. And it's crazy how like, that level of confidence translates into success and accomplishing things that you couldn't on your own. But I know, so we all like have moments where we, where we feel that, but we also have a lot of life where we don't feel that, right? Like we also, like, I don't wake up in the morning just naturally going, hey, I'm, I'm the greatest. I, I wake up not even sure I'm waking up. Like it's, it's, just, it's a slow, slow process, and we all struggle to be confident about our ability. We all struggle to be confident about God's love towards us. We, we can, we're often not confident about the dreams that we once had or the dreams that God has spoken to us. All of those things, there's, there's a battle for our confidence. And this morning I just believe that God wants to, we're going to look at a chapter, a good chunk of a chapter in the Bible that I've just gone to over and over again to just build my confidence. 
And we're going to kind of walk through that. It's Hebrews chapter 10. It's the chapter before Hebrews 11, which is kind of the famous Hall of Faith chapter. Um, but we're, this kind of sets up that, the, the, the life of faith. Um, but confidence is an attribute of people who know God. And we see this all through Scripture. We could look at so many examples. You see David, who was a kid, that looked at the, this giant who was, who was demoralizing a whole nation. And the army of his nation, and David looked at him and said, Hey, you come at me with a sling and a stone, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. I'm going to feed your body to the birds. And there was just like, man, where did that come from? That, that came from God. We see in the New Testament, in Acts, in Acts 4, there was this, this situation, we're not going to read it, but where right after Jesus had gone back to heaven, Peter and John were walking into the, the temple, and there was this guy there who was lame. And he was begging for money. And he said, hey, can you help? And Peter and John looked at, Peter and John said, hey, look at us. And that, that takes some confidence. To see a need, to see a person say, hey, look at me. So the guy gave, gave, him their, gave them his attention. And then they said, hey, we don't have silver or gold, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And so they brought the guy's attention to them, and then they brought God's answer to the man's life. And he was restored. And that sounds like a kind of life that would be an amazing kind of life. And that is the kind of life that God has for us. Where we can say, actually, look at us. Look at me. Because by the grace of God, I have something that you need. Um, so in, in Acts 4.13, after this happened, it says that now as the people, as they observe the confidence. Everyone say that, confidence. confidence. As they observe the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Wow. How did they know they'd been with Jesus? Because of the confidence that was in their life. It wasn't their education, it wasn't their training, but there was an air about them that they knew these guys had been with Jesus. So um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 10. Hebrews is a book that's it's basically pulling out the patterns from the Old Testament. So things like the temple sacrifices and worship and all the, these patterns from the law of the Old Testament and, and describing how these were all fulfilled in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. It's called the Book of Better Things. And it's talking about how we have better things than what, what was available before Jesus in the Old Testament. So this passage is talking about the sacrifices that were offered in the Old Testament. And in verse, verse 10, we're just going to read through this chunk. I'm just trusting. God, would you speak to us? Would you pull your word out and make it, make it quicken in our hearts this morning? So in verse, verse 10, And by that will, speaking of God's will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So, Wow. A lot of times we're living life, even as believers, and this is speaking to believers in Jesus, and we're oftentimes living life trying to become holy, trying to become enough. But this says, we have been made holy through the sacrifice that Jesus offered. It's something he's already done, once for all. In verse 11, it says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, 
which can never take away sins. So in the Old Testament system, in the, the Hebrews temple, every day sacrifices were offered. Lambs were, were killed. Bulls were killed. And people were, these sacrifices were offered really as a reminder of sin and as a need for a sacrifice. But it was happened day after day after day. But the reality was these sacrifices could never remove sin. They could never change the heart of a person. And a lot of us are, we don't, we don't kill sheep or anything, but we're, kind of, we're like this. Like we're offering the same sacrifices. We're doing the same stuff, trying to appease our conscience, trying to appease God or the gods or whatever that sense of falling short is. We're doing the same stuff. It, it could be our job, it could be school, it could be our accomplishments, it's, it could be just trying to be a good person. But we often are trying, some of you are like trying day after day, offering the same sacrifices, but it's not working. It can never take away sin, because that's, that's not where it comes from. But there is a way that it happens. And in verse 12 it says, but when, the, when this priest, speaking of Jesus, when this priest had offered for all time, one sacrifice for sin. When this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Mm, we could just chew on that and that would be enough for today. Man, this priest offered for one time his own body as this ultimate sacrifice for sin. It only had to be done once. And it took away the sins of the world for everyone who would believe in him. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. And that's even a picture of like, hey, it's done. Like he's sitting. The job is done. He's like, man, it was a good day's work. I'm going to put my feet up and have a nice tea here. All right, he's, he's sitting down because the work was done. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. And um, this is all a reference to, to Psalm 110, which is the most frequently quoted part of the Old Testament in the New Testament. And in Psalm 110, it's this conversation between the Father and the Son. And the Father says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And then it actually describes how that God is going to be making all the evil in the world a footstool for, for the Messiah's feet. And it's through God's power, but it's also through God's people. And it's saying, hey, God's people are going to be like a scepter going out into the world. And they're going to be volunteering. The youth and the people of God are going to be volunteering freely in the day of your power. And so there's this, this sense that God, Jesus has sat down. And not only does he have authority, but he's given his authority to us. And he, we got to have, that's, that's, that should give us some confidence. And they're like, wow, the Messiah of the universe has given authority to us who believe in him. And he is making every enemy, every evil, Every injustice, all sin, a footstool for the Messiah's feet. And that happens through Jesus and also through his people. And it goes on, verse 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's pretty cool there, because it's, he's made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That may answer some questions we have, because it's like, wait, you said... When you said, like, he made us holy, I know I'm not holy. Like, I know i got some attitudes that aren't holy. I know I, I do things that, that aren't holy. But it's, it's for believers, it's, it's both. He's made us holy in our core being, in our spirit. When we believe in him, he makes us 
holy. He makes us whole. He makes us set apart for him. But then there are parts of us that it begins the process of becoming the people he's called us to be. All right. Verse, skipping to verse 17. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So God doesn't remember the sins of those who trust in him and believe in him. There's no sacrifice necessary anymore because he has, he has done the work. And so the first point I want to make, the first truth here about confidence and crazy confidence is that crazy confidence comes from Christ. Crazy confidence comes from Christ. It's not just looking yourself in the mirror and saying, you know, I, I can do it. I, I am a winner. I, I, I trying to pump ourselves up. But it comes through Jesus. It comes through his victory. It comes through him paying the price for our sins and taking them away. It's, it's through him and what he does. And that's the foundation for everything. There's, that's the only way we can have confidence. But because of that, we can have incredible confidence. Crazy confidence comes from Christ. You guys believe that? Man, that's, that's good stuff right there. But one time, he did it. And crazy confidence comes from Christ. Crazy confidence comes from the cross. It comes from Jesus and the work that he's done. My voice started. I felt like it was going out whilst we were singing. So I hope I can make it through here. I think I will. I got confidence. Christ is going to give me, I'm going to make it. All right. So, but that's like, that's the foundation. We can, we can live a life day in and day out confident. Not because we like, we're talented enough or good looking enough or worked hard enough, but because of Jesus and his victory and him extending that to us. Okay, keep reading here. Verse 19. Therefore, whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, you need to know what it's there for. <laughs> All right? Therefore, it's everything we just talked about. Therefore, because of what Jesus has done, because of the confidence he's brought to us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, there it is, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. So he's using this imagery of the Old Testament, and there was a temple, and in the temple there was this most holy room called the most holy place, and there was this thick curtain that separated that, that room from everything else, and only the high priest, only the priest could come into the temple before Jesus, and only the high priest could go into that most holy place, and that was just once a year after a whole bunch of sacrifices had been offered, and they tied a rope around his ankle in case he wasn't really clean enough because they didn't want to go in and die too, so they could pull him out. And so, like, there was no, there wasn't a way into that most holy place of God's presence made yet. But when Jesus died, that, that actually that temple was ripped in two from top to bottom. And the way to God's presence was made for us, that we could confidently come through him. Um, so, therefore, we have confidence that, to enter. We can come to that very place, into God's presence. Confidently, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance. Say assurance. It's confidence. Assurance. The full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure 
water. I think that's talking about the waters of baptism. Kaylin's doing that today. It's awesome. So, therefore, um, come. It's basically saying, hey, come. So, our, our second point here is that crazy confidence is a choice. Crazy confidence comes from Christ, but it's also a choice. And the author of Hebrews is saying, hey, the way has been made for you to come into God's presence. The way has been made for you to live with confidence. Therefore, come. There's an invitation. It's available, but there's also a choice. Are we going to believe that? Are we going to respond to that? When we feel like a loser, are we going to sit in that and let that dominate our thinking? Or are we going to come to God and say, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in what you've done. I'm going to believe who you say you make me and who you say you can make me, not what I feel. When we're tempted or when we tend to trust in our own abilities, are we going to sit in that? Or are we going to come into his presence and stand in the finished work of Christ? Crazy confidence is a choice. And so the first, you know, it's, it's coming, the choice is to come close to God. This is what he says, hey, come. Therefore, come. Enter. Enter into this place. It's there, but it's our choice if we're going to enter in or not. So often we're like, we're, we're, our prayers are things like, God, would you just like, would you come near to me? Would you, would you, would you do it? Would you? And, and those are good prayers. But the reality is that God has already come near to us. And he's saying, hey, you come near to me. Like, would you just like, I opened the door. You just got to walk through it. Are you right now, today? And with something, it's not, it's the one, when we first respond to Jesus, that's, we, we walk through that door. But it's not just one time, it's over and over and over and over again. Entering that place, coming near to him. It's a choice of coming, coming near to God. We can do that. So come near. Um, goes on in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So it's a crazy confidence is a choice. We, the choice is to draw near to God. And I think there's something very insightful in this sentence as well. It says, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. That, that's talking about holding to confidence, right? But it's also saying hold to the hope that we profess what do you use to profess something? Your mouth. Yeah. There is a huge connection to the choice of confidence has so much to do with our words. Are we going to live in the confidence of God, in crazy confidence? It has so much to do with speaking God's truth, speaking God's word over and against our feelings, over and against our circumstances over and against what other people are saying. It's training ourselves to hear God's word and learn God's word, and day in and day out, we're speaking God's truth to ourselves and to others. And it's powerful. You know, I, that is, that's, man, why, like, why like, learning God's word and his truth and his promises is, is so, so powerful. Because you learn to go, man, no, I... I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me. 
No, God, your word says, I, I feel like crap, but your word says that nothing will separate me from your love. Not life or death or angels or principalities, nothing. All things are, God, you've made everything, all things pertaining to life and godliness you've given me, God. And you learn God's word. We, there's some, actually on the resources table, we have confessions or declarations to live this life. And that's, that's what those are for, to take those and just speak them to yourself. Speak them to your circumstances. And train your body, train your mind to, to believe God's word. And then, because you can tell like, how much confidence does someone have, it's, it's how are you talking. How are you talking? How, like, is your t- how are you like, going to criticism and complaining? Are you going to talking about how difficult the circumstance is? And that's just so easy and natural. Like if we would like count all the complaints and discussions of difficulty that took place in Manhattan last week, they would like reach to the stars. Like there's so much, it's our words, like we speak so much naturally out of that. But if we learn to hold to the hope we profess and to build the hope we profess, man, then confidence becomes a choice that we can enter in. It's so good. So we can enter into that. Um, and then he goes on, verse 24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Another way that crazy confidence is a choice is living in community. You say, hey, don't, don't give up coming together with one another. Don't give up coming together with other believers. Think about how you can build up the people around you. And, and you need to come together with other people. It's, there's an old analogy that like being a Christian, it's like, like an old charcoal, that's a new word, charcoal, charcoal fire. <laughs> charcoal. My crazy confidence is overflowing, making up new words here. Charcoal fire, charcoal grill. I don't like, like charcoal grills because they take too much time. But I trust you've seen them. And you've got to... Uh, the coals get heated up, and they get to, to burning hot. And that's how our lives are when we're in community with other believers. There's just something about being around others that, that stirs our confidence, that stirs our faith, that kindles that and, and keeps it going. And you take that coal away from the pile, immediately that starts to slowly die down. That's just how it works. And it's so, that's why, like, I heard so many people writing online about, hey, yeah, you know, COVID was a big reset, and, you know, people are never going to come back together as, as churches again. We just kind of need to accept that and move to more online church. And I said, forget that. Like, that is not the same. That is not going to give you what you need. Like, use the internet for all it's worth. I'm all about that. But there is no substitute for in, being in the presence with other people. And there's something that happens to, to kindle our faith and to stir our faith when we're around other people and living our life. And so Sundays are important. Small groups are important. Day-to-day relationships are important because that's a choice. And in that choice, confidence comes. All right, so crazy confidence is, is through Christ. Crazy confidence is a choice. Let's keep reading here in verse 26. This is kind of the scary part. If we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, 
No sacrifice for sins is left. But only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. In verse 31, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I told you this was a scary part right here. I thought you were talking about confidence. <laughs> this doesn't sound like confidence right here. But another reality that we have to face up to if we're going to consistently and long-term live a life of confidence is we have to know that confidence can coast. It is so natural for us to go from a place of confidence to letting ourselves coast and drift away from faith towards God. Drift away from putting our hope in Him. It's it's, I was not completely shocked that K-State lost to a lower seed last night because the same thing happened five years ago and the same thing happened ten years ago. And it's, you know, numbers don't matter that much, but there's also a reality that when you think, like, oh, I got this, oh, this, is a, this game's in the bag, you're very likely to lose. That's just, that's what happens in life over and over and over again. And it's so easy that, like, when we, the, one of the hardest things to deal with in life is success. We think if I, if I succeed, everything will be good, but it's easier to handle defeat than success, actually. And so... It's, it's not just having confidence, but it's staying in a place of faith in God and that kind of confidence. Um, create confidence, confidence can coast. And so um, that's just important for us to recognize because it's going to be like, hey, yeah, we talked on Sunday morning about confidence, and that's, that's cool, but it's, well, where am I at on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday? It's, it's, a, it's a daily, like, trusting in God that living in this place of confidence that he has for us. All right, verse... Verse 32, remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. So the the recipients of this, this letter, the Hebrews, they had come to faith in King Jesus in a time of great adversity much persecution, they were mocked for their faith, they were attacked for their faith, they were arrested for their faith, many of them lost their lives, and so he's saying, hey, remember, like this, you were born into this thing, this is what it was like, there was, there was a lot of difficulty going on, you suffered, in verse 34, or let's read 33, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, at other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. Wow, we're talking about people that were all in. Right? K-State had their all-in campaign this last week. And I was kind of like impressed by it. I don't know if how many of you got the emails I got or saw the signs around town about, hey, all in, like basically give all your money to K-State. Be, be totally committed, therefore give your money. And I'm like, wow, they, they're more bold than churches are. They're like, they're, they're like, they feel think we're a cult if we talk like this, but it's okay if it's the university. But it's like, be all in. But there's, when you, but, but I think it's, I think it's good timing. Like people are excited about K-State right now. 
And they're like, they're like, hey, put your, pull out your wallet right now. Because we're winning. Hey, support the university. Be all in. But there's a reality there is that, that the crazy confidence creates com complete commitment. All right. I don't usually do so much alliteration, but there it is. <laughs> crazy confidence creates complete commitment, or just called a tongue twister. The more, when you really, like, know who Jesus is and what he's done, the natural response to that is, is complete buy-in. You're like, hey, God, you, you've done it all for me. you got my whole life. you got my Monday. you got my Thursday. you got my bank account. you got my time. Hey, Lord, you got everything because you've given me everything. And the more we have real confidence in God, it leads to commitment in our life. Um, this is, I mean, these, this example is so powerful. Next week, Bo's going to be talking. I'm excited about that. And he's going to be talking about the impossible life and how it relates to money. And so that's going to be fun. And a lot of times there are, I don't, I'm not sure what all Bo's going to talk about. I know it's going to be good. But there are a lot of, yeah, he doesn't either, so <laughs> pray for him. But there are so many biblical principles about wisdom and finances and how God's, and, you know, the multiplication of resources and so much of that. But it's also true that it's, hey, don't love, don't love money. Love God, not money. And it's so these, these people modeled that. They were like, hey, you're taking our property? Let's have a party. It says they joyfully accepted. Like, all their stuff was taken. And they're like, man, this is kind of crazy. Imagine that. Like, imagine someone coming to your door and saying, you know what? Everything you own, we're taking it because you're a follower of Jesus. And your bank account is now ours. And you got, we're taking all your possessions, all your resources. And it says they joyfully accepted that. Man, that's some crazy confidence right there. I know a, a church that every so often they, they look at what's in their bank account and they decide that at the end of the month they're going to give it all away. They say, we're going to take all our bank accounts down to zero. And they're like, and it's so amazing. It's so exciting. Because like, we're like taking the resources and we're giving them to advance the kingdom and we're trusting God. Like, we got no safety net here. We're just like trusting God and seeing what he does. And God is blessing that. God, there's a joy in, in knowing God's provision and trusting him. We kind of did that this fall, actually, with our ministry house renovations. Our bank account went down, not quite to zero, but pretty close. And it was, it was kind of crazy. And it was pretty exciting, actually. There was a lot of joy. Yeah, God's, God's doing good stuff. All right, so crazy confidence creates complete commitment. Um, and then verse 35. So, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Wow, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. How often do we, we, we throw away our confidence? We, life and our feelings, it seems like we shouldn't have confidence, and so we, we don't. We don't live with confidence. How often do we miss the reward that confidence in God brings because we've thrown it away? <coughs> but my last point is you've got to keep your confidence. To live with crazy confidence, you've not just got to get it, you've got to keep it. You've got to hold on to it. It's, again, it's like those, those charcoal coals again. It's like, it's got to like stay in that place. You can't let go of that confidence. And that takes some mental fortitude. 
it takes some mental toughness. Because life gives us a million and ten reasons why we shouldn't be confident over and over again. Our own, ourselves, our weaknesses give us plenty of reason not to be confident. But God's word says, hey, don't throw it away. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your own life. Put your confidence in Jesus. Don't throw it away. It will be richly rewarded. Keep your confidence. Um, yeah, it will be richly rewarded. Man, man this, is, this is an awesome way to live. It's an awesome way to live, to be like these believers who are like, it doesn't matter what happens. You can maim me. You can take my stuff. You can kill my friends. I, I, know, it's, I know it's crazy. But that's how they, they live this. They live this. And you can have crazy confidence. And God will use you to change the world. And you can, you can be full of joy in life, in that place. Man, it's not based on your success. It's not based on how you compare to other people. It's not based on your bank account. It's based on Christ. You can have crazy confidence. That is, that's how I want to live. Man, it's, it's amazing. Um, verse, I'll keep reading. Verse uh, 30. Read that again, 35. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come. He will come. He has come and he will come. He will come and he will not delay. So hang in there. God's coming. He's coming to your situation. He's coming to your life. He's bringing what you need. Don't throw away your confidence. Endure. Persevere. In just a little while, he's coming. He won't delay. And my righteous one, and he's quoting the Old Testament here, Habakkuk, but my righteous one will live by faith. But my righteous one, he's going to live by faith. She's going to live by faith. They're going to do it. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. So there it is. My righteous one will live by faith, but I take no pleasure in the one who, the one who shrinks back. In verse 39, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we belong to those who have faith and are saved. Man, he's like, hey, I'm confident in this for you. You're not among those people who are letting go. You're not among those people who are giving up. You're the ones who have faith and are saved. You're the ones who who live a life of confidence in Jesus. And it comes into your experience, and you experience how God comes through in the place where you're living. Crazy confidence is available. And, man, that's, you're not those people. And I, I'm just sitting here today like, man, I'm in a room with those kind of people. I like, it's, I don't know how I got here. It must have been Jesus. It must have been what he did, because I didn't deserve it. But somehow I'm surrounded with, with people living like this. I'm surrounded with people that are putting God first with their time, putting God first with their money, people who are making difficult decisions, people who are choosing to raise their kids according to God's way, people who are fighting the mental battles and replacing our thoughts with God's thoughts, people who are choosing to prioritize community. Man, it's, we're not of those people. We're not of those who shrink back, but those who believe and are saved. There's... Um, 
There's good stuff. So I want to just um, affirm that and also encourage us to dream bigger. To dream bigger. So like whatever, like right now, where we're our expectation of like what God would do in our life. What God, what's possible in my life? What's possible in your life? Maybe there have been some dreams in the past and you kind of let them go because it just was like, well, you know, it, it's not working out. But I believe God would be saying to you, hey, some of those dreams are from me. Don't let go. Even renew those dreams. Even like look to me and say, what are the dreams that I want for your life? It's, it's bigger than the dreams that we have for ourselves. There's more. So, live with crazy confidence. Dream bigger. And it's a good way to live. Let me pray for us. Lord, Would you just ignite that fire of crazy confidence in the heart of every person here today, wherever we're at, wherever each person is at. Lord, I pray for a greater revelation of what you've done, your victory through your body on the cross. Thank you for that, Lord. Would you bring greater understanding? Lord, would you stir would you build the level of confidence in our hearts? I pray that you would build and increase the level of confidence in the heart of each person here. God, I even just pray right now for the, like, the, the ceilings on confidence to be opened up. Lord, even... even I trust, Lord, would you be showing us, even in this moment, what, what are those false beliefs that have been my ceiling? I mean, right now, I just can see, like, those ceilings parting and the room opening up and the, the water level of, of confidence growing in our hearts. Thank you for that, God. Thank you that there's no, there's no, there's no ceiling with you. There's no limit. Lord, we trust you to continue to birth that and to lead us in the choices of, of living with confidence in you. Lord, fill us, use us, empower us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.